May moves most quickly. And here we are again with another edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and program that seeks to capture as much as possible about the rapid movement that appears to be experienced by so many. The goal is to give a quick look or listen at what's going on as often as possible. This is the 374th episode hosted by me, John Tubbs. On today's program, the area's organization for realtors relaces its analysis of the Charlottesville market so far this year. Albemarle and Waynesboro are receiving more funds to electrify school buses. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors adopts its budget for fiscal year 23, but the six elected officials are in a stalemate over how to proceed with grass or artificial turf at new athletic fields. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Jefferson Madison Regional Library will once again provide the place for you to learn about a whole manner of things. The How To Festival returns once more to the Central Library in downtown Charlottesville on Saturday, May 14th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. There is something for everyone in this fast-paced, interactive, and free event. There will be 15-minute presentations and demonstrations on a diverse set of topics. Want to know how to do a home DNA test? Tune a guitar? What about using essential oils to repel mosquitoes? Visit the library website at jmrl.org to learn more. Schedule is coming soon. That's the How To Festival on May 14th, 2022. A lower inventory of available homes continues to drive up the sales prices in some parts of the region. That's according to the latest quarterly report from the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors, covering the first three months of this year. Here's a section from the report. In the first quarter, the median sales price was $389,900, which was up 13% over a year ago, a gain of nearly $45,000. A total of 888 homes were sold during January, February, and March. That's 177 units fewer than in the same period in 2021. The report notes that inventory may be on the rise. A total of 1,327 building permits were issued in 2021 in the six localities covered by CAR, and that's the highest number since 2006. Activity has increased this year as well. In January and February, there were 286 new construction permits, which is up significantly from prior years. In the first two months of 2022, more than 70% of new housing permits were for the construction of single-family homes. However, the report also notes that interest rates are beginning to climb with the average interest rate for a 30-year mortgage at 5% for the first time in 11 years. As for sales prices, all six localities saw increases in the median sales price. Albemarle's average is $476,750, an 11% increase since 2021's first quarter. Charlottesville's average is $412,000, a 4% increase. 
Fluvanna's average is 335,263, a 24% increase. Green's average is 335,000, a 7% increase. The average price in Louisa is 282,651, a 22% increase. And in Nelson, the sales price average was 308,500, a 17% increase from 2021's first quarter. Tomorrow, I will be posting an anecdotal summary of transactions in the city of Charlottesville, and paid subscribers to this newsletter will get a first look. Take a look at the past 15 on the Information Charlottesville archive. More state funding is on the way to help localities make the transition from diesel-powered school buses to electric ones. The Virginia Department of Environmental Quality announced Wednesday that the Clean School Bus Program will award more than $14 million across Virginia, and that includes Albemarle County. The funding comes from Volkswagen, a company that lied to its customers about the fuel efficiency of some vehicles. Virginia received $93.6 million from the Volkswagen Environmental Mitigation Trust. Here's a section from the press release about how that money is being spent. DEQ has also committed funds for innovative clean transportation projects, including electric transit buses, medium and heavy-duty trucks, electric equipment at the Port of Virginia, and development of a statewide charging network for electric vehicles. Albemarle County will get 464,754 for two more electric buses, bringing the total fleet to four. Last year, the county received $530,000 for the first two from the same fund. Waynesboro will receive $1.4 million for six buses. For more information about the Volkswagen settlement, visit a link that's in the newsletter. Last year, President Joe Biden signed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which included $238 million in funding for programs to reduce pollution that makes its way into the Chesapeake Bay. This week, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announced that $40 million will be made available through two separate programs. First, $15 million will come from the Most Effective Basins Program, or MEB. Virginia will get over $3 million from this pool of funding. Here's a section from a press release. The funding will largely support farm-based actions to improve local rivers and streams in locations most beneficial to the downstream Chesapeake Bay. The other $25 million will be administered by the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation through two grant programs. Specific awards from that pool of funding will be made in September. One group that is often a forum for local efforts to meet pollution reduction controls is the Rivanna River Basin Commission. They meet next, virtually, tomorrow at 2 p.m. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. It is springtime, and one Patreon subscriber, Lonnie Murray, wants you to know that the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign is a grassroots initiative of motivated citizens, volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. This spring, the group is working with retailers across the region to encourage the purchase of plants that belong here and are part of an ecosystem that depends on pollination. There are plenty of resources on the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page, so sign up to be notified of lectures, plant sales, and more. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and if you would like to get in on this shout-out action, please 
go visit infoseville.com and click on support the info in the top button to get links to the Patreon account where you can direct me what to shout out. One big last segment today, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors took eight actions yesterday to complete the process of development and adoption of a budget for fiscal year 23. They began with the tax rates. Andy Bowman is the chief of the Office of Management and Budget in Albemarle. We have the real estate, mobile homes, and public service tax rate of 85.4 cents. That is the calendar year 22 rate that is also the same as the proposed rate in calendar year 23. For a personal property rate, which also applies to machinery and tool taxes, uh, the current rate is $4.28 per hundred. It is proposed to be reduced to $3.42 per $100 assessed value. The reduction is due to the increase in value of used vehicles due to reduced production. Many localities in Virginia opted to decrease this amount, though Charlottesville City Council opted to keep their rate at the higher one. In the next three items, supervisors had to vote on an increase in the food and beverage tax from 4% to 6% and an increase in the transient lodging tax from 5% to 8%. And finally, the disposable plastic bag tax, which would be $0.05 for each disposable bag, and that would go into effect in January 1st of 2023. Supervisors adopted those tax rates with no discussion. All of that took place at the seven work sessions held since the budget was introduced in late February. All of those tax rates add up to a budget that anticipated $586,282,008 in total revenues for fiscal year 23. That is a number that is greater than the board last saw to do some changes primarily in the school budget. Those changes include additional funds for the school system related to reclassification of federal funds, as well as $12 million in funding for the school that has come down from the American Rescue Plan Act. Virginia has not yet adopted its budget, as the divided General Assembly has not yet reached consensus on one. Bowman says that means there is about $5 million in funds in question, currently set aside as a placeholder. The current county budget includes $3.6 million of state funding that is currently in question with the impasse of the state budget. The Board of Supervisors previously asked the public schools, what is the fallback plan if that state funding comes through? This plan is responsive to that direction. So if the state keeps that $3.6 million intact, the school board would propose using that $5 million in one way. If that $3.6 million were to fall out of the state budget, then the school board would come back at a later date with an alternative proposal for how that would be used. One issue that has come up during the budget process has been how to proceed with plans to update athletic fields managed by the Parks and Recreation Department. The original budget envisioned those being installed as grass fields at the future Biscuit Run Park, but at least three supervisors sought to instead move forward with a previous plan to build synthetic turf fields at Darden Tau Park. Some, such as Supervisor Ann Malik, continued to want to keep those fields natural. The topic was discussed extensively at a work session on April 27th. County Executive Jeffrey Richardson had a proposal moving forward just before the board's adoption of the vote on May 4th. Uh, If the board were to show uh, a majority or consensus today that we would like to explore increasing the uh, uh, quality of the field uh, fields at Darden Tau. Our first step would be to uh, go out and get a uh, expert in, in the turf management world to come in and do an assessment. 
That process could take a year and might mean taking the fields offline for some time. Richardson said the first step would cost about $20,000, and he asked the board if they supported that pathway forward. However, that proposal was not included in the budget that was before the board. Supervisor Ned Galloway asked what this study would give the county that it didn't already know before. Trevor Henry is the assistant county executive. So what it gives us is, is a, you know, a detailed uh, plan of, of execution, a nutrient plan, things like aeration, lime, fertilizer, seeding, um, uh, a seeding schedule, um, uh, weed and pest control, um, a mowing schedule, a watering schedule, which we, would be needed, and a rotation schedule. So those would be some of the outcomes of that. Supervisor Diantha McKeel made a motion to adopt the budget that did not include spending that $20,000 for the consultant. Supervisor Ann Malik made a counter motion to amend the budget to include that funding. Supervisor McKeel wanted to move forward with synthetic turf, as recommended by staff in 2019, to put lighting and artificial turf at Darden Tau. Hence, she did not want to vote for Malik's motion. In 2019, Almar County had nine organizations representing over 7,000 participants, adults and youth, that were requesting rectangular field space. It was evident in 19 that Almar County not only lacked the available fields, but lacked the ability to provide quality fields based on high usage. McKeel said artificial turf was not her first choice for grass athletic fields, but she supported their use at Darden Tau, which is considered an urban park. And a mud hole is not an environmental success nor is asking people to play in goose poop an environmental success. Supervisor Malik said natural grass fields are safer for those who play on them. The topic was discussed extensively at the April 27th work session. Go look back there for that whole discussion. Galloway said he did not support the motion because it would delay what he said was a need to provide better fields. He supported synthetic. We've had in front of us an option that would fix our system of fields, that would increase capacity, that would increase quality everywhere, not just for the current fields, but for the future fields that would come into the system. Supervisor Donna Price also did not support that motion. I call foul on that proposal. I think we're just simply kicking the can down the road. It's been years that we've known our fields are inadequate and that we needed to do something like this. Malik's proposal failed 3-3, three to three, which is a stalemate. That means the adopted budget, which soon after passed 6-0, to zero, does not include a decision point on how to proceed with athletic fields. Other actions taken to complete the budget process include a resolution for appropriation of $18 million for fiscal year 23 and fiscal year 22, a borrowing resolution, and a resolution to adopt the Capital Improvement Program plan from fiscal year 23 to fiscal year 27. Now that the budget is complete, the process will next begin on creating a new strategic plan. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for May 5th, 2022. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Now shut up. 
it is time to get on with the end of this program, which of course is me telling you all about how it is great that people are supporting the program. Let's just leave it at that today. Uh, I will hit you with more of those things in the past. You could probably, if you want to record like a pitch and send it back to me, I'll even include it in a future installment to about, uh, you know, the, the, the many people who were listening to this program. And of course, I really do appreciate it. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. I want to get it produced quickly. I am, of course, this is the third in a row produced remotely uh, outside of Charlottesville as I continue to explore the future and the past. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of the program. Stay cool out there. Stay warm. Stay something. I don't know. Um, I need to, I'm on staycation. So there's that. Thanks for listening and goodbye.